as a paralytic. And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home, not at his house, not at his home, not at his house, because he didn't have one. Capernaum, he spent a lot of time there. After he left Nazareth, he came to Capernaum, and he spent a lot of time there. And many were gathered together so that um, there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them. And they came, bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, that's very important, highlight that in your word. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, why does this man speak like this? He is blaspheming. What I got from this, Pastor Kenan, these are scribes. They're supposed to be sitting there writing of what's going on. But they're judging of what Jesus is doing. Um, I got I to let me slow down. In their hearts, why does this man speak like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they thus questioned within themselves, said to them, why do you question these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed, and went out before them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this. Let me set the scene for you real quick and how Jesus got to where he, to where he was. During this time, Jesus traveled between Galilee and Capernaum, and it was about 20 miles apart. It was like going to, from Woodland to Dunnigan. Okay? Okay? This is Capernaum. Galilee is Dunnigan. And it was about 20 miles apart. That's how far about it, how far apart it is. And it took them by foot four to about seven hours to get to get there. And I would like, I would just like to stop to, to say to you, I've, all of my life, all of my Christian life, I've been hearing people say that uh, 
I wish I was back where Jesus' time was. I like, I wish I was back there. So I'd be able to touch him and, and, and he'd be able to lay hands on me and uh, from my back. That arthritis is just killing me. Mm. I wish I was back there where Jesus was. Let me distill that for you real quick with one word, one word, one four-letter word. Walk. Walk. I heard people complain right here in this building about walking from the end of this parking lot Just get out of an air conditioner car or heater or heater, whatever. It depends on what the temperature is outside to walk inside of an air conditioner building. Or they may be on this side and they complain that they had to walk from the parking lot into the building. A nice warm building or a nice cool building. And they get in and say, whew. I had to walk all the way from the other end of the parking lot. That's how I know you couldn't be during Jesus' time. Jesus would have told you, follow me. I'm going to Galilee. Lord, I got to go bury my rats that, that just died. Four to seven hour journey. But remember, Jesus had hundreds of people around him at all times. So it probably took him about seven hours because he had to stop heal people, minister to people, talking to people, and, he, and, he, and he's, he's walking about one mile an hour while hundreds of people are around him. So, he came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. He went into the wilderness to be tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. He went back into Galilee. He walked beside the Sea of Galilee, called his first disciples. They went to Capernaum, preached in the synagogue, cast out impure spirits out of a man. While in Capernaum, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew because Simon's mother-in-law was sick and Jesus healed her. Early the next morning, before daybreak, Jesus left the house, got up early, went to a solitary place all by himself to pray. He left there and went to a nearby village, preaching in the synagogues, casting out demons, and healed a man of leprosy. After he did that, a healing revival took place, and now he's healing people everywhere he goes. People thronged him everywhere he went. He had to stay outside in lonely places, but people still came to him everywhere he went. Now he's back in Capernaum at somebody's house 
tell me if you was able to keep up with Jesus. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and tell him, does your faith, come on now, say it like you mean it. See, because this is a question. This is a serious question. Does your faith line up? Come on, tell them like you mean it. Does your faith line up? We're going to find out. We're going to find out. These, these boys heard about uh, this man Jesus. Je uh, how he was preaching, healing, casting out demons. And they heard he was in town. Who ever heard about Jesus? Come on, who ever heard about Jesus? Come on, it ain't no trick question. Yeah, like it's going to be a quick trick, <laughs> trick question. <laughs> as soon as they heard about Jesus, faith popped in. As, so listen, as soon as they heard about Jesus, faith popped in. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. As, as soon as they heard about him preaching, as soon as they heard about him, him um, healing, as soon as they heard about him casting out devils, all of a sudden, faith came in. Faith came in this way. See, sometimes when faith, when we hear, we didn't hear preach, we didn't hear Jesus Christ preach through preachers for years. One year, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30, 40. But has faith popped in? What have you done with it? Watch what these boys do. They knew in their hearts that if they took their buddy to Jesus, Jesus will heal them. They knew in their hearts that if they took their buddy to Jesus, Jesus would heal them. They didn't have the time. They didn't have the time like you guys have right now to sit and read the Bible and to study about Jesus and, and to read about him and, to, and to, to read Matthews, Mark, Luke, and John. All they heard at that particular time what Jesus had done. And, and all of a sudden, faith popped in. And they knew within their heart, this is the man. This is the man. This is the man. I got to take him. We have to take him to Jesus because we know that he can heal him. Matthews 18, 19. Tell your friend, I need you. Come on, say it. I need you. Matthews 18, 19 says, Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth, where we at? Huh? Where we said, where we standing on? Huh? Solid ground. On earth. Agree on earth about anything they ask. 
it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Tell your neighbor, I need you. But you have to have this faith that was in Romans. You see, I, I just don't have time. I just don't have, I don't have time to agree with somebody who don't have that type of faith. I, I don't. Uh, Pastor Kenan, I don't. You see, because the circumstance, the situation I'm in right now, I have to have, I have, to have that, that person who can agree with me by my side on earth who's touching God. I need somebody that I can agree with. I don't have time for Dalton Thomases. I, I just don't. I just don't. I don't, I don't have time. I don't, I don't have time for Judas's who's going to betray me. I just don't have time for I can't agree with you. I can't. I can't pull you by my side. I don't have time for Peter's who who's going to follow Jesus far away. I don't have time because the situation I'm in is called, it's critical. It's critical because my home is splitting up. It's critical because my loved one is sick. It's, it's critical. My, my finances is not where it's supposed to be. I, I, I don't have time for Judas. I don't, I don't have time for Thomas because my, my situation is critical right now. I need someone. I need someone. I need someone that has mustard seed faith. I by my side. I need someone, not, not mustard seed doubt. I, I need someone, I need someone that has mustard seed faith. I need someone who can, who can pray and, and, and ask the mountain to move and it, it'll move. I have to have, I gotta have somebody. I gotta, I can't, I can't have nobody to talk to molehills. I wanna move mountains. I wanna, I wanna move mountains. Do you see this? Can y'all see this? Some of y'all know, I know you in the back can't see it. Some of you in the front can't see it. It's a small little vowel. And inside of it, there's a mustard seed. There's a mustard seed. I know you can't see it. It's a small mustard seed. That's what Jesus, that's all he requires. That's all he requires. Uh See, this is all he requires. That much faith. Can I find somebody? Can I find somebody? that has this much faith. I need you. I need you. I do. I really, I really need you. I'm not asking for much. I'm not asking for much. I need you. My wife just left me. I, I need you. My husband just left. I need you. Have much faith. That's all I need. My son was just put in prison. I, I need you. My house in foreclosure. I need you. 
I need you. I don't need this much faith from you. All I need is just this much. Just get me. Just get me that much faith. Pure faith. Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. He said to them, of, because of your little faith, for truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it will move. And nothing will be impossible for you. Can I get somebody that speaks to mountains? Can I get somebody that speaks to mountains? You see, that's our problem. We, we instead of praying, we worry. Some of us complain more than we pray. What do you think God thinks about that when he gives us his word, when he gives us his promises and you call yourself his brother, you call yourself his sister, he set an example for you. The disciples had an experience of that, Pastor Ryan, when they were on a boat and they was out in the sea and a rock came up. And it rocked their world and they couldn't control the boat. And Jesus was sleeping. And, he, and, they just, and Jesus just fed 5,000 people. It said 5,000 men, not women and children included. And, they, and the storm came up and, and, they, and they're going to question Jesus. Do you care that we perish? He just fed 5,000 people. And then they're going to ask him, do you care about us? About 12 of us. And he got up, sis, and he looked at him. Oh, ye of little faith. What is he saying to you? How long have you been serving Jesus? And you still doubt him the same way you did when you first got saved. You saw him. You have seen him heal people. You have seen him save people. You have seen him deliver people. He has changed your life dramatically. And you still questioning him. Do you care that I perish? It wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be right for the disciples if he wouldn't tell you the same thing. Oh, ye of little faith. It wouldn't be right for them. If he said it to them, what would he say to you? Can I get this? Can I get this much? That's all I need. 
It has to be pure. It can't, it can't, be, it can't, be, it can't be half doubt yeah. and half faith. Yeah. It can't be three quarters faith and a quarter doubt. It has to be all faith and no four to speak to a mountain. All he needed was just two, he said. But this brother that they carried on the mat, two pair of men, one man needed healing. So they made a mat for their buddy, laid him on it, and off they went to find Jesus. They weren't just carrying their friend. They were carrying faith. You see, because every step that they made, they have to continue to believe. See, here's the problem. Here's the problem in our Christian walk. God promises that he will deliver us. And you ask him to. And your deliverance is on this side. The problem is, is in between there. is making it in between the promise that he made and the promise of completion and the journey. And we want to put God on a time clock. He promised right here. He should answer about right. He's about right. Well, right now. And when it's not there, when it's, and, when it, and when that time didn't come, and when he didn't answer our prayer at that time, now we start whining. Huh? Now we start fasting. Because he didn't answer our prayer, so we start fasting now. Huh? We start praying now. We start reading his word more now. Oh, and it and it's still he still hasn't answered you. You moved a little bit further. You you gained a little bit more faith. He should answer about right now because I done fasted. I didn't. I didn't fasted. I done, I didn't prayed. I didn't. I did what the pastor had told me to do, and and he still and he still haven't there. And now you start crying. Oh God, do you love me? Oh God. Do your faith line up? It's about that time, Lord. I'm getting close. It's about that. Let me tell you something. I was prophesied to that I wasn't going to be on my job long. Brother Laurent, the Lord prophesied you ain't going to be on your job long. This was about, well, we, I was saved in 1979, 1979, about 1980, probably about 1981. The Lord prophesied, you're not going to be on your, on your job long. I'm going to take care of you. You don't have to worry about finances. And uh, so I continue to wait. Five years later, I'm still on the job. Uh, Lord, you said it wasn't going to be on a job long. And 
Now, here I am, here I am, Pastor, I'm, I'm training people now, and I'm training people, and the, and the people that I train get promotions before I do. And so I started fasting more. See, y'all think I'm joking when I say that. Y'all you know, think I'm telling you what I've been through. I'm, I'm preaching my testimony. See, you guys get to sit there and don't tell your business, but when a preacher come up, the preacher got to tell 